as well as Jason along with Chris. Yo. All right. And uh, so it's a bit. Uh, so we just had Groundhog's Day back on February 2nd. And mm-hmm. it seems like the Blues have their own version of Groundhog's Day due to uh, different teams having COVID and scheduling conflicts and weird, 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 weird stuff. So, but we get to still see hockey, which I think is a positive at the end of the day, which I was telling a lot of people. I agree. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Anything else going on before we get into the podcast? Just trying to see if anything else is going on. This, everybody's uh, still doing their thing. It's February. Everybody's kind of like in that, like, it's cold in St. Louis. Uh, yeah. That's another statement. If, Just... if you're outside of St. Louis, uh, it is, uh, we're hitting that Midwest cold right now, I guess. Yeah, we've officially hit winter. I think it snowed every day for three days. Hasn't really accumulated, but it is damn cold. And it's going to be, let's see, this we're recording on the 11th here. So on Valentine's Day, it is going to be uh, single digits and in the negatives on top of that. So we're going to be, so nice uh, pond weather, pond hockey hockey weather. So you'll have the pond uh, freezing over. Shinny hockey. Yeah. So that'd be uh, Which, by the way, the first time I heard the term shinny hockey, I swear to god, I thought Panger dropped the S bomb on TV. I know because he says so quickly, and you're just like, Oh, what say again? Yeah, they rewind yeah. that over again. Like, ah, okay, that's okay, he can say that. So it's been uh, yeah, so a little cold here, but some interesting stuff going on. Let's get into blues hockey now. So a couple of interesting things has been happening around the team and around the NHL. So obviously we are still unfortunately in the middle of a pandemic, which is uh, you know, obviously making things a little bit harder on everybody in the NHL. Uh, NHL has had a couple of massive outbreaks amongst yeah, different teams, which you expected. Uh, let's see. The first I have noted is New Jersey Devils, which we kind of talked about last week a little bit. They had they had up to 17 players in COVID protocol. So remember COVID protocol, which we kind of talked about before, is technically you don't have to be in have COVID to be in COVID protocol. You either contact tracing, stuff contact like tracing, possible symptoms, or actually have it. Uh, the blue, I mean, excuse me, the NHL actually had their first positive case during a game while we. Oh. Uh, yesterday so that'd be belonged to the vegas golden knights and thomas uh, noshik got pulled in the middle of the second period after a positive test was known um Neat. it blows me away that they don't have rapid testing i agree with that i like also game day of you figure game day they'd be like let's do rapid testing all the players and make sure they're good to go instead of like having a oh we'll test you the day before and see what happens you know, the other thing that I, I thought of the other day, and I'm kind of surprised, and I know the players would, would piss and moan about it, but I'm really surprised I haven't instituted it for this year. <clears throat> I'm surprised that all the players aren't wearing full masks, like the full um, face shield, yeah. Like a cage, yeah. Well, I, I mean, the cage wouldn't do much, but they have those full plexiglass face, uh, face shields, face, yeah. I'm really surprised that they're not making players wear that this year. I get that it sucks, but so does COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, and God forbid, if this goes to a third year of having to play in a pandemic after seeing that these cases break out the way they have, 
it wouldn't surprise me if you see the league go to something like that. Just because yeah. it's just, again, another layer of protection for the players. Yeah, it's real interesting considering after these outbreaks, the NHL has put in some kind of protocols, which we'll talk about a little bit. We, I don't know who we're talking about now. We'll go ahead and go get into it now. So one of them was like the glass behind the benches they took out. I don't understand that. Is that just to make it more of an open air environment? Yeah, they are hoping for airflow will help like cut down the amount of cases. Um, so, but the, and the other thing which we talked about a little bit with the Thomas Noshik thing, there was no rapid testing. Now there's rapid testing. These enhanced yeah, measures are in, in effect until at least the end of the month. Um, so it's interesting on in how they, to me, you think they would have had that in place a long time ago. You would it, think. Uh, a couple other things that added on to it was telling players like, hey, even if you're on the home team, just make sure you go to the rink and to home and don't go anywhere else. Yeah, uh, blue. They have to wear a certain mat mask now. They are required to wear the K uh, the KN95 mask. Yep. So they're required to wear reduced interaction with the uh, different teams. Uh, team meetings are required to be all virtual now. So like after the practice or whatever, you're you know normally maybe they huddle together and go over a tape or whatever. That doesn't happen anymore. So Everyone they're trying. Yeah. So like I said, and also taking the glass behind the penalty box out, which I think is interesting. So, mind you, they're doing all these extra, they're doing a lot more. There's a lot more to that. It's more taking out and basically social distance when you can, wear a mask when you can. If you have to wear the KN95 mask. So, that's all happening. But then the Rangers announced they're letting players, they're letting fans back in. Buffalo is the same way. Uh, Columbus is letting players, uh, fans back in. So, it's really funny how they're trying to lock down the players now, but yet we're going to let a few thousand people more into the game. Yeah, I, uh, you know, we were talking about this earlier today because the Blues had another uh, pre-sale or whatever you want to call it for tickets for this week, and you had asked me about it. Uh, first of all, my 12-game my plan, I'm not going to get access to any of those things this year. But like I told you, like, I don't know, man. I, I and I've had COVID, but I don't think I would go to a game this season if you handed me tickets, I think that until we get these vaccinations under control and until, you know, we're really kind of on the other side of this thing, I love hockey, but I'm just as content sitting on my couch, watching the game on Fox sports or whatever, whoever's going to cover it and, and not have to worry about getting sick and things like that. Um, I applaud those of you who want to go and more power to you. I don't know, man. I just, it's not that I don't trust me. I don't trust the other people. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Oh, man. And like I said, you just like the point of they've been saying is you're supposed to keep like these bubbles. So you're supposed to keep like a 10 person bubble is what they keep telling you. Like, don't make sure you do anything more than 10 bubbles or a 10 person bubble. If you do more than that, you know, so it's then you're trying to go somewhere where there's 14 hundred extra people that you're not used to right um i was at my work and we actually had a 
everybody gets together for training when it was well six feet apart for everybody but we had a massive conference room and there was like 60 people in there and i was like this is probably the most people outside of going to like a grocery store and walking around that i've been in like a same room with in over a year it's weird and everybody's obviously wearing masks and doing everything it's just very odd and i was just telling the person that was sitting six feet away from my table at the other end and i'm like this is weird and i just like you're not like to have this many people so yeah. And we were just talk- me and you were just talking about before we uh, uh, hit the record button how I'm looking forward to a certain concert this summer. And I was like, sure. well, that's going to be awesome. But man, it's going to be weird because trying to fill the Scott Trade Center with, you know, 20, what, 25,000 people or so. You know, that's going to be interesting to have them do that. And it's probably going to be a lot of you got to have your sure your vaccine or possibly they might be doing rapid testing as you walk in the building. I saw, I saw something online today, and I, I get like Yahoo, Yahoo News every morning, and they said that it is very likely that you may need the equivalent of like a vaccine passport in order to travel domestically or internationally at oh. once things start opening back up it wouldn't surprise me if some of these big venues like arenas and and things like that institute some sort of a you need to verify that you've had the vaccine or something verify that you've been tested or, or or something um because otherwise man you're just asking for outbreaks like look at this past sunday at the super bowl and and i get like Florida's the Wild West, man. Florida doesn't care about nothing. 25,000 people. I'm like, that's a lot of people, man. And I know it's open air, but still. I know. There's a lot of people not wearing masks there, too. It was was very interesting. It was very very jarring to see that many people in like a thing again, just because it's been so long. So it's going to be one of those things to be very odd for a while to not to see a lot of people together. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. uh, to see how things progress forward basically from here. The Blues obviously letting people in the building. Um, things are definitely improving in St. Louis. We won't, I won't, uh, won't deny that. The cases are down and other stuff. People are getting vaccinated, maybe not as fast as we would like to, but uh, things are trending up so very slightly for once, and we'll take it. We'll take it right. while we can. So anyway, back to being a hockey podcast once again. So the Blues started this uh, very interesting series of games on Groundhog's Day, coincidentally. Mm. So they're playing Arizona like they were scheduled to play Arizona. Um, So so we'll go over the first game. We'll go game by game here, and we'll talk about as this week progresses, which is very interesting. So the first game is on Groundhog's Day, and they're at home. So this is a game where... um, be the first game fans are back in there so 1400 fans are back in the stadium um it was very interesting to see everybody kind of well spread out and everybody's in a lower bowl looks like on mostly on one side it looks like they were like maybe three-fourths of the bowl lower bowl was probably you know but they're well spread out and everybody had their section and their pods i know somebody who did get to go to the game on the next game we're talking about and uh he said it was very uh interesting to see (laughs) like not that many people there and there's not people like 
in your ear yelling or and he was like it was very weird but kind of fun at the same time because it's just kind of you with a little group of people around you and you're just doing your thing so he thought it was a weird but enjoyable so but uh i i would be interested to try it to a degree but i'm with you in the same way i'm just too i don't know about everybody else who where they've been at this point and not have it i have not had it so far and also i've not had the vaccine so i'm kind of at the point of let's be safe just to be safe I think the only way I would go to a game is if we had enough people that we could buy a box. You know, that way you've got your own bathroom. You know, you have snacks brought to you. You really are limiting your interaction with other people. And hopefully, you know everyone who's in the box with you. So, um, yeah, I, mean, I think that's really the only way I would do it. I, I, don't, I don't know if this year I would be comfortable sitting in a row of seats and not knowing the dude who's sitting three, four seats down for me. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to, when we get to go back to a game, it'll be a, it'll be a nice, but let's get into this game. So the first game they play in Arizona, which probably in the last three years, it's kind of turned from the blues, pretty much owning Arizona. to Arizona giving us fits. I remember when we used to play Arizona, yeah. I'm like, if we don't win this game or at least get a point, I'll be disappointed. And nine times out of ten, they would just dominate the crap out of Arizona, and it'd be an easy win. But ever since right. Rick Tockett took over, it's been they've really struggled with this team, and this team not being really a great team, or at least an average team at best. Um, Blues have just really struggled against them. Yes, they have. And also, start, am, I the, am I the only one who continually forgets <clears throat> that? Um, that they have some of the superstars that they have on this team. Uh, what do you mean? Oh, like who they have, like currently Clayton Keller, you mean? Well, I. Or just in the Clayton past in total. Keller, just in general, like. I, yeah, like, I, dude, I. Every time we, we play Arizona, like, as soon as he has a shift, I'm like, oh, yeah, they have Phil Kessel. Um, it's just, for some reason, I never remember that they actually have players. I always just think that that's where you trade your dead contracts so that they can pay off the money on them. Yeah, pretty They've much. actually got a couple of big guns. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting to see. I mean, they had Taylor Hall last year, too, they acquired. So they had they tried the under uh, the old GM who quit and then got them got the draft picks taken away. They tried going for it and adding veteran players like Kessel and Hall and stuff and Derek Stepan, and it uh, just didn't work out. And they run up trending Stepan, Hall left free agency. So Arizona's in, I'd say, at least a minor rebuild right now, trying to get some draft picks. I'm pretty sure they'll probably move some guys, at the depending on where they're at. They might wind up maybe trying to go for the playoffs this year. Who knows? Uh, due to the weird kind of configuration we got. So. We'll get into this game. So early on, about halfway through the first period, uh, Christian Dvorak gets his fourth year from Pitlick and Drake. Uh, uh, I, don't know, I almost said it. Quagula, Kulia, whatever. I had it. I really had it written down how phonetically how to say it, and I just messed it up. So anyway, uh, he gets a goal, and it, like a one nothing lead. And it's up there. I hear the Blues are like, okay, they're not playing great, but at least they're kind of hanging in there. And Mike Hoffman gets his, I say, first real goal as a St. Louis Blue, technically yeah. his second of the year. He showed one of the defensemen, uh, I think it was a Yalmerson, fell. And Hoffman just took advantage of it and 
just hauled on the right wing and took a sniped a shot over uh, Darcy Kemper's glove for his second goal of the year. First goal, I think, when you actually see him doing a skill goal. Perico Agreed. and Blake, Blake get the assist, and that's about 17 minute minutes mark of the first period. So probably the highlight real goal of this game goes to Justin Falk. Mm-hmm. Where he gets the puck after the Blues uh, gets some zone time and it gets it on the point and dekes out not one, not two, eh, I'll say two for sure, possibly a third guy and gets the puck into the slot and goes five hole on um, Darcy Kemper and that was a sweet goal at three fifty four mark. Yeah, and the Blues take a two to one lead and you got to think Justin Falk and this is after as soon as that goal happened, I legit got on my phone and I immediately dropped. Uh, Colton Preco and added Justin Falk to my fantasy team because he has played so well this year and it's I agree and we talked about it last podcast and just how he's turned it around this year so maybe it was a familiar familiarity thing maybe it was a you know a, a confidence issue like not you know kind of being the third technically third best right-handed defenseman when right. uh, you know he's a, he's got a third pairing guy and he got his confidence down last year and affected him, but he was probably the best defenseman in the bubble last year, last season, and then he's been the best yeah, defenseman so far this year. Uh, I think Preko's a little nicked up because he just didn't look great. Yeah, he doesn't look right. Yeah, so something's up there. Which another uh, he's had a lot of maintenance days. He hasn't really practiced too much for probably about a week and a half now. So there's something going on there, but uh, he keeps playing. So. Because he got burned on a goal um, we'll, uh, we'll talk about later on here. Uh, I think it's the next game. But he got burned on, I think, Garland, who is a small guy, burned mm-hmm. him bad and scored an easy goal. So Falk makes it 2-1. to one. Christian Devoir comes back with his, his fifth uh, goal, his second of the game from Schmaltz and Kessel at the 625 mark. Uh, basically, Kessel and Schmaltz work it around the edge and get it towards the front of that and Dvorak uh, has a nice tip in after Schmaltz kind of a shot pass mm-hmm. kind of. So two to two, the, and we'll, we're going to get into this probably later on, but the penalty kill has just been, you didn't realize how much, honestly, the loss of Jay Bo Meester, you know, Petrangelo was going to be hard this year for sure. We like, we knew that we're not going to be like, Oh, screw that guy. We know it's going to be hard to replace a guy who's, one of the best defense in the league. We're not that like nearsighted, but um, and then Alexander Steen and the penalty kill is still trying to find its identity. It's been usually we're so used to being the top of the league because of the years of Ken Hitchcock. It was always near the top three, and then even with last year it was in about the mid- middle at least. But this year it's just been awful. I mean, the first, the second game of the year against the Avalanche didn't help it, but this. No, no, but, no. They have just been awful overall. And our favorite uh, chip-eating defenseman gets his third of the year, his second in as many games. Vince Dunn gets the goal here off a shot that he gets a rebound right in the slot from Schwartz and Cairo at about the 11.45 mark of the second period for the Blues to take a 3-2 lead. Uh, O'Reilly gets his second of the year from Cairo and Pareko in the third early on. The Blues are rolling. Uh, near the end of the third, though, Nick Schmaltz makes it interesting with his fourth from Garland and Kessel. But the Blues hold on four to three. And we'll take the win. Hard fought win um, against a team that's given the Blues fits. 
Yep. So the Blues are scheduled to play Coyotes once again at home on Thursday. So as this game starts, there's been rumors, not rumors, but pretty much the talk of uh, some player, some players around the league testing positive or going to COVID protocol, namely the Minnesota, uh, the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, right. Earlier in the week, the Minnesota Wild yeah. had an outbreak. So Gabriel Landeskog and Samuel Girard were put into COVID protocol right before this game started. And I was, and then it was announced that Nathan McKinnon would be out for he's week to week. So I was telling you and telling everybody else, I'm like, well, this is the time that we're going to play the avalanche, which is great. You're good. Two of their best players are down. One of their best puck moving defensemen is down. Perfect timing. Yep. As we get into that, the blues uh, will not face the avalanche. So, and during the game starts, not great start for the Blues. Uh, 9.32, Tyler Pitlick gets the, his second hit from Kajula. Kajula, there I find it, Kajula. And uh, Dvorak, and then Nick Smaltz later in the period makes it 2 to nothing from Garland and Osterley. So, not really great. And you can say what you want about this, because I know a lot of people were – and we'll, I want to get your rant about this, because you had a nice little uh, rant me via text and maybe online too. So Blues play in their reverse retros for the first time. So mind you, there's only two times this year they're playing the reverse retros. Obviously, a primarily red jersey. Mm -hmm. I know that uh, our friend over at the Let's Go Blues podcast, Let's Go Blues radio podcast, uh, Jeff Ponder turned his TV black and white because he didn't like it. A little too much for me there, but whatever. Um, Overkill. Is whatever you think, man. It's fine. Uh, it it legit doesn't bother me. It's it is jarring to see on the ice for the first time. I'll say that much. But I was sure. very much like, okay, like it's one game. I'll get over it. I mean, okay. you have a reverse retro. I know a yep. couple of people who got one. Um, it's a it's a fine jersey. I have no problem with it. I just as some people didn't like the clown jerseys when they came back last year. Um, I've always been a fan of those because, like you said, if you grew up in that era, like that's kind of. Yeah, the jersey you like grew up with, so you like it. So if you grew up in the '80s, you grew up with that jersey you liked. You grew up in the, you know, last maybe said ten years you're in the that range. You kind of like those jerseys, so that's what you identify with. So I know that you like the jerseys, but what was the main thing? What was the main and what was the main thing that uh, the Blues tweeted out something very interesting? And then I want you to go ahead and explain it. Well. It, one of the most common gripes that Blues fans are making against the reverse retros is the St. Louis Blues shouldn't wear a red jersey because the team is the Blues. And every word in that sentence is correct. But here's the folly in that argument. The team is not named for the color blue. The team is named for the musical genre, the blues, much like the Utah Jazz in, in the NBA. So the color blue is has nothing to do with the team name. They could just as easily wear green or yellow or orange or any other color. The only thing that's significant 
is the blues note on the chest, the music note, because it is named after the music style, the blues. To make the argument that the blues can't wear red because their team name is the blues would be like saying the Chicago Blackhawks shouldn't wear red because they're called the Chicago Blackhawks. They're not named after the color black. It just happens to be in the name. Um, you don't have to like the jersey. I understand it. Like I, I completely understand the people who don't like this jersey. That's fine. But if your argument for them not being allowed to wear that is that, stop it. You sound stupid. And the other thing is, people keep, well, there's nothing retro about this. Let's break down the concept of what this is. It is called the reverse retro jersey. Last year, we had the retro jersey, which was blue on top, yellow stripes, and the red diagonal on the bottom. If you reverse that color scheme, what do you get? Red on top, yellow stripes, blue on the bottom. A reverse retro. It, like you said, it's two games. And, and, and let's just boil it down to why they did this. Why the entire league has new uniforms this year. It's really simple. We are in a pandemic. There are money. little to no fans in the games. The league needs money. The teams need money. What's the easiest way to generate income when you're not selling tickets or selling concessions? Launch a new jersey line and clothing line. Because idiots like me who buy every jersey for their favorite team will go out and buy it. I have a jersey that's reverse retro. I have a hat that's reverse retro. And I'm not alone. This, this league needs to generate income probably more than any other of the big four. And I can tell you this much. I have a Blues reverse retro. I have a Boston reverse retro. And I have a Washington Capitals reverse retro. I have three of them. And there's more than I want. I'd love to get the Arizona one. I'd love to get the Ducks one and a few others. So Carolina, it's working yeah. for its intended purpose. Yeah, it's driving interest and it's getting them to recoup any revenue they're losing from not having fans in the stands. That's I right. get That's I get it. That's all it is. It's That's all money. it is. And will they wear these again? Eh. I would be surprised if this is the jersey that they wear when they have Cardinals night at the Blues game. Because it's all red. Possibly. Eventually. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, it's like, like, oh, hey, bust out the reverse retro. You wear red jerseys to the game. And you celebrate, like, the Cardinals opening up their season because the Blues will usually overlap with that to start. They always sure. have a Cardinals night, and the Cardinals always have a Blues night. It always has kind of always been that way. So this will probably be the jersey yep. do for that. It works that way, too. And it'll be one Agreed. game a year, and it'll be fine. Yeah, uh, maybe I'm maybe is, I'm simplifying like, it way too much for everybody, but that's just no. That's I don't me. think you are. I mean, look, there, there's some of them that that worked better than others. I applaud the Blues for for going with a bold choice, and I think some of the teams that did that, like the Blues, really knocked it out of the park. I think the L.A. Kings one is awesome. It's the Gretzky era jersey, mm -hmm. but it's the purple and gold colors. I think Colorado's is brilliant. Yeah, Colorado's is great. I mean, Colorado went with the Quebec Nordiques jersey design with the Colorado Avalanche colors, and I think that's fantastic. Might be the best in the league. Buffalo Sabres 
went with their old black and red jerseys, but kept them with the current blue, white, and gold color scheme. You know, some of them I think were really cool. Arizona went back to their purple Coyote head jersey. Yeah, the Kachino jerseys. Yeah, a version yeah, of that, cool. yeah. And then, but then you have some of them that I think are, are super boring. Like, I don't, I think the Red Wings and the Stars look like practice jerseys. Yeah. And then um, Carolina brought back the Whalers, which is awesome. So it's just, great. yeah. Which so, is fantastic. Which so it's, it's another way to get, those. yeah, it's another way to get interest around the league. It's a way to get money. That's all it is at the end of the day. If anybody wants to, you know, it's one, two games. That's all it is. It is money. It is a way to generate revenue in a year where you're, not making a ton because you don't have people at the games. Yeah, and that's it. That's, yeah, it. that's all it is. And if it bothers you that much, there's always that one-on-one ESPN carries the game. You can listen to the game there and then not watch it at all. I don't get it, man. So I, I don't think I don't think there's any team that I love that can have jerseys so awful that I couldn't watch them play. No, I like it. Would be one of those things you can like the the people going online and complaining about it and doing all stuff that just blow. It just to me, it's like. Okay, like I'm uh, like I'm fine with them. Like if I like would I go out and buy one? Mm, probably not. If one somebody gave me one, I'd wear it, sure. But right. it's one of those things where like is it gonna bother me? Nah, I'll watch the game, see what happens. So anyway, that's our little rant about the reverse retros. So unfortunately then everybody said the reverse retros are now the reason the blues lost this game, which is ridiculous on top of that. But the goal we talked about last game, Connor Garland gets his fourth the year from Demers and Osterley, where he just basically went right around Colton Pareko, and he just looked bad. Like Colton Pareko doing his best Eric Brewer impression. Yeah, and this game was pretty boring, honestly. Very boring. The, well, like these the next five... these next two games were pretty boring overall, and it turned into kind of a, like a late rally here where he almost gave up. So Mike Hoffman, Blues pull their goalie, and Hoffman gets goal as third of the year, so in second in as many games at the 1645 mark. Unfortunately, Christian Dvorak gets the unassisted empty net goal about a minute later. Uh, oh. The Blues still pull the goalie. Ryan O'Reilly gets his third of the year at the 1849 mark. Then, with Braden Shen almost draped on top of Andy Ranta, who, mind you, played a very good game. Had The Blues wound up turning it on the third uh, period and playing well. Ransom made about 40 saves. Hoffman gets another goal off a one-timer here from Perron and Krug. There's about 25 seconds left. Uh, unfortunately, too little too late for the Blues. So the empty netter winds up being the game winner, which is it always sucks when it happens when, it happens when you're, you're you're down 3 nothing, and obviously you get three goals in about two minutes. Uh, but just a little too little too late once again for the Blues. So um, we're starting to have scoring problems. At this game? Uh, off the top of my head, no, I'll say no, I didn't. So it's worth noting the empty net goal uh, was a goal where Vince Dunn was back in his own zone and the Coyotes pressed. I forget who it was. Um, took the puck away from Dunn, scored the open. Dvorak will be the guy, yeah. So after the game, Barube makes a comment about, you know, it's games like this. You see some people working their butts off to get back in the game. And then some people make stupid mistakes and it leads to an empty net goal. I would say that's a not so subtle shot at Vince Dunn. 
And it, it made me immediately go, ooh, I think Craig Berube is done with Vince Dunn. I can I say that know. much, yeah. Zach Sanford could join that list as well. I mean, he's still playing, but I think I think Craig Berube is ready to pack Vince Dunn's, Vince Dunn's bag and drive him to the airport. Yeah, um, I think if the one for kind of the – and the left-handed side defense is pretty stacked right now. We'll talk about an injury, a couple injuries and stuff. But uh, mm-hmm. going into this game, the next game, injury-wise, Tyler Bozak's on IR from the hit that he took from Mark Stone that was unpunished by the league. So now the Blues are down one guy, which we'll talk about how they're down another center after this next game. So they play yep. the Coy- So they wind up playing the Coyotes again. Why are we playing the Coyotes for the third game in a row? We talked about the Colorado Avalanche. They were all shut. They got shut down until the following week. Uh, luckily, well, not luckily, but Minnesota was shut down as well. And that's who the Coyotes were supposed to play. So the league just, and I will give the NHL credit for this, just changed every direction on a dime pretty much and basically tell the Coyotes stay in St. Louis. We'll play two more games there. And then so when I you guys. A smart move. Yeah. Then you don't have to worry about coming back to St. Louis. You guys are here. We'll get all your St. Louis games knocked out now. So, like, yep. I give them props I for that. Have the team title for a week. Yeah. So the Blues are not playing Minnesota. Minnesota they had one of the games canceled, which was the next the Tuesday the ninth was already postponed. So they Correct. were on to the eleventh. So that's when they played a new team. So we're like, okay, let's have Coyotes stay another game. So once again, another boring game, in my opinion. Uh, Jacob Chikrin. Jacob Chikrin gets his second of the game, uh, game second of the year, from Keller and Garland. Keller behind that made a p- really awesome pass to Chikrin, who was playing in front of the net with no defenseman around him somehow, which kind of blew me away. Easy goal for him. Billy Huso had no chance here, so nothing he could do. Um, I think he's slowly coming around. He still gets the occasional not. As, as I kind of said, the early like Jake Allen softy goal, and then he settles in and he plays really well, um, in my opinion. But the Blues aren't defensively aren't doing him any favors lately. Am I? But no, doesn't really help. But one player who needs to get going is Robert Thomas. He's been trying to struggling on the top six, um, getting assists, but not really putting his first goal. But he finally gets one after the Blues finally get some zone pressure and. He banks it off uh, Darcy Kemper's skate twice and then a backhand between his legs finally from almost behind the net. He gets that from Pareko and Krug at the four-minute mark. Mind you, later in the second period here, he f- makes an awkward f- fall along the boards and tries to brace himself and lands awkwardly on the wrist that he had messed up during the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah. And it is after the game, he, got pulled, he was out the rest of this game. And it was confirmed that he does have a broken wrist that needs surgery. So he is out four to six weeks. So Blues going from have one of the best center depths in the league are down to, you know, still have some good centers like uh, Oscar Sundquist will probably move up, but still, you're out Robert Thomas, Tyler Bozak, two key players. Uh, add Vladimir Teresinko, who's working his way back, probably not available to March. So you're looking at right now. Not having Tarasenko, Robert Thomas, and Tyler Bozak for a foreseeable time period. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, the the Blues are are hurting at forward right now. That's for sure. Yeah. They're hurting at center depth, and they're hurting with scoring. You know, obviously Mike Hoffman has started to heat up a little bit. 
But, um, you know, uh, and we mentioned the last podcast, the big guns haven't really been the big guns. The magic between uh, O'Reilly and Perron from last season doesn't seem to quite be there this year yet. Yeah, they're pressing, you can uh, tell. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, Schwartz, okay, he's been okay. I mean, really, it's been the Braden Shen show, to be mm-hmm. honest. Yep. Um, so you just have to hope that, you know, Shen can can pick up the weight and some of these other guys like O'Reilly and Perron and Schwartz, you know, can, can pick up the slack. You hope that Mike Hoffman can continue to, you know, put pucks in the net. And I, I think, you know, he's had a decent week. Let's hope he keeps that going. But uh, this team is, this team's hurting and it, it shows not just in the power play, which is abysmal, mm. but um, you know, they're not, there's so many plays this year that last year and the year before were just automatic effortlessly in the back of the net that you see this team firing high, firing wide, or just fanning on a puck, or just not getting the breaks that they used to. Brayden Shed, one of those guys, I think, was it the second game against the Coyotes or this third game against the Coyotes, where, damn, he had three or four really good chances, plus yeah. chances and just couldn't buy a goal. Yeah, it, it, definitely a lot of the top six forwards are struggling right now outside of Braden Shen, really. Uh, it comes and goes with O'Reilly and Perron. I think that they have a couple good shifts, and then just like it's just them. They're working hard, but it just seems yeah. like it's just not really Never going there. in that. Yeah. So, uh, hometown kid, Clayton Keller, I guess you could say hometown. He was born in Chesterfield, I think raised over in Illinois, I want to say. But – Hometown, Clayton Keller gets his third of the year off a really nice move and goes five hole on Billy Huso on the power play from Kessel and Osterley. Um, not much going on until the end of the third period. The Blues have a power play, have a chance to do some stuff, and then they start taking dumb penalties and no. all their power play chances. And Jacob Chickering gets his second of the game, his third of the year from Garland at the 1934 mark. And the Blues lose three to one to fall to seven, four, and one. This next game, and then Brube once again calls the team out, saying that he basically been asked why the players aren't showing up, and he says you have to ask them. You know, he's not basically, he's basically <laughs> I mix of not taking the blame slash like maybe he is doing his best to motivate them. Who knows? Um, so Blues get to play the Monday game, which is a game they didn't expect to play against the Coyotes. So. Their fourth game in a row against the Coyotes, so you're almost kind of a mini playoff series you kind of get with these four. Game four of a six-game series. Yes. Yeah, so during this game, or during, right after this game, um, Minnesota was basically if they they were going to be out of COVID protocol and they could have players start practicing, um, but it would have given them one practice day and then game day against the Blues. And I guess the NHL decided to give them a reprieve and not have them do that. So. They cancel that game, and the Blues go to uh, Phoenix. Or what is it? Not after Phoenix. They're in Arizona, but Arizona. Glendale. Excuse me. They go to Glendale after this. Right. So Glendale for the weekend series, which was already planned for them to be there. But they added a game that was supposed to be in April to the, after this game. So the Blues will play seven in a row total against the Phoenix uh, – excuse me, Arizona Coyotes. I said it again, Arizona Coyotes. 
So basically a playoff series is what you're looking yeah. at. So it's real interesting. And it's something that's never really happened during the regular season. I mean, the blues are going to play four games against Minnesota later on. That might be even more now because of the canceled, they postponed games. Um, I would not be shocked because of what's been going around in the league. If it continues through the weekend and more teams, the blues are one of five teams currently right now, not to put any players in COVID protocol. Yeah. If it continues is right now, Minnesota has a lot of players. Colorado had their team. Sh- they had it shut down. They just got back to practicing today on the 11th. Um, if you continue to see more outbreaks, even with these new protocols put in place by the league, I would not be shocked if they shut the league down for a couple weeks just to get everything reset and they push the season to a little bit longer. Because right now it's ending the second week of May. You can't really go too much longer with playoffs right around the corner. Agreed. Because they right now the league says they are starting on time next year in the middle of October. Mm-hmm. So they do not want to compromise next season at all, which but it this keeps getting pushed off. You're gonna might have to either cancel games and make it a forty maybe a 48 game season or something like that. Cause it's going to get to the point of you're going to run out of time. If it keeps getting postponed and postponed, postponed. So I agree. So blues playing seven <laughs> against the Arizona coyotes. So you got to beat them eventually. Right. So hopefully it starts off pretty well in the first period here and the next game at home, the final one, the blues play at home here. O'Reilly gets his fourth from Piranha and Falk on the power play. So, uh, We'll take a, a power play goal finally. It's the first power play goal they've had against Arizona. They're over 25 going into this game, and they finally get one. Obscene, that's obscene that they're that bad. Yeah, it, it really has. And I think what compounds that is the penalty kill has not been great now either. Yeah. Like so it's, it, yeah. it was our, our power play was poop, but at least we weren't allowing power play goals. Well, now we have the double whammy of we still can't score on the power play and our penalty kill ain't that great. One of the most penalized teams in the league right now, we've had, I think, three or four games where we've had seven penalties called against us. Yeah, something like that. That's a problem. Yeah. Hopefully they can uh, correct that real soon and they've called them out on that and there's a bad penalties at the end of this one too that basically cost them the game here so in the second period garland gets another one he's playing really well against the blues about two minutes in off of rebound play and once again and mind you bennington i think has played very well and i feel bad for him because he's had these like four goal games against and it's like you've played so well you don't really deserve that you should have had probably a lot less here but you gotta get hung out the dry on a lot of these Yes. But Garland gets his as the Coyotes first of the game, his fifth. Perron off of interesting play in the slot. He basically fans on the puck, which throws off the defense, and he dekes around one and then winds up uh, going behind, like kind of behind that and curling and then tucking into open net as the goalie's out sprawling because since he fanned on the puck, the goalie came out to cut off the angle and put the goalie out of position. It wound up working out great, and luckily Perron has really good hands. And uh, mm-hmm. able to put the puck in that his fifth of the year from Barbashev, who got moved up to the top line here. Uh, so he has a real good chance here to show what he can do uh, after being on the fourth line all year uh, from Barbashev and O'Reilly. Uh, unfortunately, another guy, Christian Dvorak, gets his seventh 
on the power play from Schmaltz and Chikrin. If you notice, it's like four or five guys have been scoring for them. Like if they basically have been shutting down scoring for a lot of guys, but Garland, Keller, and Dvorak have been the guys who've been killers. And Chikrin's obviously that line had that. Has been the that's been the best line for them. And the blues have not found an answer for that line yet. And hopefully they can soon. Uh, so early in the third period, it's tie going two two. Ryan Riley gets his fifth and Mackenzie McEachern with a nice pass here gets O'Reilly his second of the game, his fifth of the season. So he, maybe he's starting to heat up now and starting to maybe the, you know, being a, the captain, maybe it was just weighing on him a little too much to like, when things aren't going right, he's still working his way through that. Who knows? But I think, you know, he got his fifth of the year, so he's starting to play really well here. And end of the game, a penalty is called with about two minutes and 45 seconds left against uh, Phoenix. And I'm just like, great. All you have to do now is just work the puck around, kill a little bit of time. Maybe you can get a shot. They'll pull their goalie, get the empty net goal, call it a game. Great. Mm-hmm. So and that's against Clayton Keller. So you're like, great. One of the best players who's been killing us is the guy who gets it. Fantastic. Well, less than a minute later, Jane Schwartz, who is trying to steal the puck away from uh, Yalmerson, gets a high sticking penalty when he didn't need to. So there you go. You kill your power play, and now they'll have a short power play. Uh, they'll basically have a power play for the rest of the game. So you're like, okay, crap. Another 40 seconds later, another penalty is called. Mind you, luckily the Blues get the, the old holding embellishment go- call <laughs> against uh, Falk and Garland. So the Blues are now down two of the probably their players that normally are out there with the last minute or two of the game to hold the lead. Um, everything was looking like the blues were going to kill this off. Even though they had the power play, they iced it one last rush down by Arizona. And the puck is mint worked around a shot from the point and it's blocked in the slot. And I want to say, who is it here? I had it written down. It's blocked in the slot, but I think Colton Pareko has it blocked and it's like sitting right in front of the, uh, Phoenix player who backhands it and finds Clayton Keller who's at the side of that and Bennington had no chance because he thought that he couldn't see the puck. He thought it was on the slot and Clayton Keller bangs it home with 0.4 or 0.6 seconds left in the game and Arizona oh, ties the game and that, it's as a uh, as one of our friends uh, says it's soul murder and just uh, killed it you. It is and as one of my friends says that's so blues. Yes. And that was a Dvorak who found it in the slot and got it over to Keller. So that line, once again, killing the Blues. Keller, Dvorak, and Chikrin. Get, uh, to Keller is fourth from Dvorak and Chikrin. Over time, not really much. Once again, the Blues just don't seem – didn't really go on the attack that much and turned the puck over quite a bit. And it basically goes to a shootout. Who Jordan Bennington is pretty good in shootouts, so I felt kind of confident. Kemper is okay. Perron gets the goal early. You're like, great. Nick Schmaltz, save. Brain Chen, don't know what happened here. The puck just skipped off him, and he didn't even get a shot on net. Yep, yeah. And that just, once again, and then once again, that happened, I think, and everybody's, all our minds were like, yep, we're losing this. Because something like that happens, and with the last-minute goal, you know it's going to be bad. So, Connor Garland gets a goal. Ryan O'Reilly gets saved. And then, unfortunately, Christian Dvorak. Notice the names I keep saying over and over again. Yeah, it's the, the same place. name. And same gets a name. goal. So 
Arizona steals one in a shootout and steals the extra points away from the Blues. And now the Blues go seven, four, and two. Basically lost three in a row now to Arizona after winning the first one, quote unquote, of the series. And now they go back to Arizona for three more. I then, would say and then maybe, you have to win two of these three. And they play tomorrow's the twelfth. We hopefully have us up on that on the on the Friday at yep. uh, eight, and then at seven, and then they play on President's Day during the day at three o'clock in Arizona. So, uh, and then they finally might maybe they'll come back home and maybe we'll play the San Jose Sharks, a different team. So literally, you'll have a full m- half month almost gone, and you've only played one team so far. So you need yeah. to take wow. you need to take two of these for sure with two of them like not having points like you need yeah. to have two games clean flat wins. out clean wins like no overtime no shootouts no nothing and if you yeah. can steal a point in another game great but i think you need to get points clean points in two of these three to kind of call it successful and at least finish 500 close to 500 against this team yes because you've obviously struggled against this team and then now you're playing the rest of the month you're playing san jose and la so two teams you LA you played you you won were one and one against that one game you played kind of crappy against that you probably should have stolen that from. Mm-hmm. Uh same same against San Jose. You beat them once, then you kind of crapped the bed in the second game. So these are easily winnable games coming up, and especially even though with injuries, maybe you'll get back Bozak in this time period. Uh Bozak is not on the trip to my knowledge. Uh Belay, who had injury as well going into after this game. Uh Scandella was also hurt. Yeah. For this game, so you're talking, you're walking wounded right now. But Belay, Pareko, and uh, Scandell are all on this trip, so hopefully, all those guys will be in by the end of this road trip. Uh, Bozak, he's not even skating yet, according to Berube, so I'm not even counting him in until he starts skating, um, which yeah, sucks. Which sucks. So, uh, yeah, let's see, I think that's about it. We talked about all the COVID stuff already. Talk about the Blues upcoming schedule. So hopefully they can take some of these games coming up, and we'll go and uh, get some points. Get back up to um, they're on top of the West right now, but that's the reason is because they play the most games. So I was just going to bring that up. There's so many people online who are like, "Oh, well, the Blues are still in first place. Don't panic." And I'm like, "You're right. They are in first place, and that's great. But look at the games played. Yeah. You know, the Blues are at 15 games played." The Avalanche and the Knights are at like 11, 10. You know, if those teams win all of the games that they have in hand, the Blues fall to fourth in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think you're right. The Blues have to win clean two of these three. And I think they at least need a point in the third against uh, against Phoenix or Arizona. And I think you have to sweep. You have to sweep the Kings and the Sharks. You have to you have to start accumulating points yep. against these teams that you should beat. Correct. So hopefully they can start taking those points. So uh, wrap it up there and then uh, go from there. If you want to talk, if you want to hold of us on Twitter, it's at Blues Hockey NHL. I am at Hossapalooza. And on Facebook and Instagram is at Blues Hockey Podcast. Uh, also, check out our website. It's blueshockeypodcast.net. You'll find links to where 
everything all our socials are at you'll see a bunch of all the podcasts are at you can listen to podcasts there you can look at uh our merchandise section you can look at uh the pictures uh from with all our pictures and stuff from our uh, photo shoot for all our t-shirts so go ahead and check that out at blueshockeypodcast.net if you want to go ahead and listen to us other places outside the pod outside of the website you can find it at apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher amazon music and many more podcasting apps out there so hopefully the blues can turn around here they seem to be kind of struggling mix of injuries mix of inconsistent play um mm-hmm. a little bit of, like i said they're stuck in a little groundhogs day so maybe we'll snap out of it here and pick up some points here against Arizona and move on to the Sharks and Kings and start getting some points because we really, really need it right now. Can I, can I say one thing before we, we head out? Go for it. Um, a lot of us who, uh, who are Blues fans grew up and who've grown up in the area um, probably in the 90s and so on um, listened to the point uh, when you were in junior high, high school or whatever. Um, obviously I used to be part of that air staff <clears throat> and, uh, got the name Hoss from a gentleman named Tom West. Uh, Tom was a Chicago guy, uh, loved the bears, hated the Blackhawks, loved the St. Louis blues. Um, Tom passed away this week. And I don't want to go on and on deeply about it, but um, I think that anytime you know someone who's got um, demons, it's rough. And uh, check in on your friends, man, and your family, because you never know when the last time you're going to get a chance to see them is. And, uh, you know, Anyone who got to know Tom knew that Tom was one of the coolest guys in the world. I have my two blues or my two arena chairs because of Tom West. Tom West used to host tailgate parties in the parking lot of the old arena and Keel Center back when it was called Keel Center. He's so much part of the fabric of the blues of the late 90s and early 2000s. Like, you know, there was billboards for Jeff Trish and Tom that had Jamie Rivers and Soupy on them. Um, so, you know, part of the blues community uh, passed away this weekend. And, you know, I would just wanted to acknowledge him because he's a large part of why I'm who I am and do what I do. And he was such an inspiring person as far as his fandom that, uh, you know, I think we all probably have at least one Tom West story for those of us who met him. So, um, just a little shout out to a, a friend of ours who's no longer around and, um, yeah, man, here's hoping that the blues could win one for Tommy over the weekend. And, uh, and that's it. Sorry to end on a downer, but I, I felt the need to acknowledge him, uh, in this week's show because he was a huge blues fan and, uh, and a really, 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 really good dude. Yep. And yeah, if he were person like myself or anybody in the 90s listened to the point that was one of the things you look forward to either in the morning or eventually the afternoon was the tom and jeff show so like you said they had rivers and and jimmy on there and they would do blue stuff all the time so uh so yeah so condolences to his uh friends and family so uh once again let's talk to you guys next week 
See you guys. See ya.